Hi Church, so good to see you as we continue our series in the book of Nehemiah. And today I want to start with a huge congratulations. You've made it. Some of you have stuck with a total of 23 morning devotions starting on the 8th of July on the book of Nehemiah. Well done. And today we have reached the final section of the book, chapter 19, verses 23 to 30. And this is all about how to keep our faith going. But let's first remind ourselves of what happened previously. So the temple is built and the wall is up, but how are the people maintaining Jerusalem as a holy city? That's the big question. Well, here, in the final chapter 13 of the book, there are serious warnings about defections from a holy ideal. Nehemiah was away and discovered with horror that the community had given in again to practices which had horrified him when he had returned with the exiles to Jerusalem in the first place. So this is where we pick up the story today as Nehemiah continues his move against practices that undermine the faith community. And I have to admit that what he does in today's section made me, myself, feel somewhat uneasy. And that is because Nehemiah takes direct action against those who had taken foreign wives. Now, although I have meanwhile acquired a British passport, passport, I was once a foreigner from Germany and married an English woman. And I continue to be very sensitive towards the treatment of foreigners, fully aware that they often face unacceptable discrimination. So when reading this section today, I had to remind myself of a couple of things. First, to put Nehemiah's action into historical context, which is this. When Nehemiah saw that men had married women from Moab, Ammon and Ashdod, he recalled that Israel had been punished for intermarriage in the past. And so he puts in place strong measures to stop it. And second, I had to remind myself that whilst there is much talk in the Old Testament about the purity of the Israelite community, there is always an open door for the so-called other. See the examples of Ruth and Rahab, which make very clear that faithfulness is more important than ethnic background. And of course, God is very clear early on that the protection of foreigners is very much on his heart and it is a command. See powerfully expressed in Deuteronomy 10 verse 18, where it states, And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Clearly then, Nehemiah's move against intermarriage needs to be seen from a particular historical context, which we should not directly follow. And of course, the New Testament does not condemn intermarriage between different ethnic groups. But, and here is the big but, the New Testament warns against intermarriage with unbelievers for similar reasons that worried Nehemiah about inherent dangers involved in such intermarriages, especially that children are not brought up in a family environment where their faith is consistently encouraged. Now, whilst this concern about the faith of the future generation might have some merit, 
Of course, we also know from practice that intermarriage with unbelievers often also leads to the conversion of the marriage partner. I know of many couples where conversion took place during marriage and led to wonderful stories that testify the power of the Christian faith, including my own one. So I guess what this section is ultimately after is to make us think about the maintenance and purity of the faith in the long term. How do we do this within our families on a practical level? How do we ensure that the Christian faith is deeply embedded in our next generation? These are indeed key issues each generation of Christians has to grapple with. And this is also what makes us reflect on the way how the book of Nehemiah ends. After we had admired for many weeks how the people had pulled together building the wall, how they pursued the great act of confession and celebrated the dedication, uh, dedication of the temple, it is somehow shocking to see how quickly at the end, again, Nehemiah was forced to move against all kinds of things undermining the faith community in this last chapter. But maybe this is precisely the great lesson we can learn for ourselves and for our community. How to keep true to our faith. We saw at first hand that whilst it takes enormous faith and determination to grow a holy community on earth, there's always, we also learned, a danger that spiritual stagnation and indifference undermines previous work. So ultimately, to be equipped for the long haul, so to speak, one requires constant renewal, constant reform, constant courage, constant prayer. So hopefully Nehemiah's zeal, his wisdom, his clarity, his innovation and reforms and his incredible faith and prayerful approach all act as an encouragement for us on our own journey with God and as a community of God. A journey that is full of hope and joy, but as we are reminded, a journey that also requires many sacrifices and indeed turning away from many temptations. So let us pray. God, we thank you for the lessons we have learned through reading the book of Nehemiah. We ask you for similar faith and determination to grow and be part of a holy community on earth. We ask you for a fire inside that makes us willing to pursue constant renewal and revival. We ask you to fix our eyes on your son, Jesus Christ, who through his life and death and resurrection has assured us that our longing for a complete and eternal restoration has become reality. Thank you so much for journeying with, together with all of us in this wonderful and remarkable book of Nehemiah. Bless you.